Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast, to the mini cast. I'm keeping these, as you know, super nice and short because I want you to get all the info without having to listen to an hour conversation of me with somebody and without all the small talk that comes with it. I will definitely be doing some more guest ones in the future because those are always fun as well. But I think that you guys are liking these and they're helpful. So we're going to roll with these for now and keep me updated. If there's any guests that you guys really want on, then let me know and we'll put them on the list for the future. Today, we are talking about another gut and hormone hack that you guys can easily do from home that will make a big difference in how your gut and hormones heal or if they're not healing, just in how they're optimized. And there was a recent study that came out from Stanford about this that showed a significant decrease in inflammatory markers, which we are all looking to decrease inflammation, right? Modern life really takes a toll and increases our inflammatory markers, whether it's from our food system, stress, lack of sleep, even intense exercise. There's so many things that increase our inflammatory markers. And while we want a certain level of inflammation, because a healthy level of inflammation is good. Many of us really just our inflammatory markers are way too high and that's causing issues like leaky gut, hormone imbalances. So these little foods can be really powerful. And maybe some of you already guessed, but these foods are fermented foods. These types of foods have been around for a very long time in many cultures. And initially they came up because they're a good way to preserve food. Fermented foods can last for a while in the fridge, on the shelf. So cultures around the world were fermenting foods for years, but it's only recently that they've really surfaced in the health world because researchers are looking into the health benefits and realizing like, wow, these really improve the gut microbiome. And as you guys know, if we improve the gut microbiome, we're then improving hormone conversion like thyroid, health, insulin, which improves your blood sugar. We're also seeing a connection of fermented foods, the microbiome and mood disorders like depression and anxiety, immune health and autoimmune diseases, skin conditions like eczema, psoriasis, and acne. So really now all of this research and its connection to the microbiome and thus fermented foods has really surfaced. And what are fermented foods? So Fermented foods are foods that have undergone a process called lacto-fermentation, where the natural bacteria in the food feed on the sugars and the starches in the food, creating lactic acid. And this process, like I said, was used to preserve the food, but more importantly for us, it creates beneficial enzymes that help in digestion and improves vitamins, and it creates many, many different types of strains of probiotics. Also, the process of fermentation helps break down the food. It kind of like these bacteria are essentially pre-digesting the food outside of your stomach. And so it helps break down some of the nutrients in food, making them easier to digest and absorb. It also reduces anti-nutrients. There's a lot of talk now about phytic acid and all of that. So fermentation actually reduces phytic acid. And so on top of the probiotic benefits that fermented foods have, they also, the fermentation also makes the food itself just easier to digest and healthier. I do want to note that for some people in their gut healing journey, especially, I mean, with IBS, it depends. For SIBO, it can exacerbate symptoms depending in what stage of healing you are with SIBO. For those of you with histamine intolerance, fermented foods can definitely exacerbate symptoms. 
But the idea is not to completely eliminate them because they can lead to healing of your gut. They just have to be introduced in a way that doesn't cause symptoms. Or maybe you have to do some healing before you incorporate them. But I do have many people coming to us saying like, oh my gosh, sauerkraut is so healthy, but it makes me feel horrible. I'm pretty much in bed for a day. And that's because maybe more healing needs to happen before you can introduce these foods. But that's just to say, don't let a bad experience with them turn you off of them forever. So let's talk about some examples of fermented foods. I'm going to tell you guys what to buy and how to choose them how to incorporate them, ways that I like to, and ways that makes it easy to be consistent with them because the research is really impressive. So the study from Stanford that I was mentioning was a study that showed that fermented foods eaten for 10 weeks can significantly reduce inflammatory markers and the symptoms that come with the inflammation and inflammatory markers. So just 10 weeks, which is really not that long. And even if you are not consistent for 10 weeks, even just being consistent for a month can still improve your gut microbiome, lead to lower inflammation, and just help you with hormone balance, blood sugar balance, and just feel better. So what are some types of fermented foods? The first ones that usually come to mind are things like yogurt and kefir. Kefir is definitely my choice between the two. I think yogurt tastes better, but Kefir is better studied when it comes to fermentation and the bacteria that a result of the kefir fermentation can be even more powerful than yogurt. I usually go for goat kefir and it's becoming much more popular. So you should hopefully find it at your health store. Vegetables like sauerkraut, kimchi, and pickles. Just make sure with pickles that they're fermented with salt and not vinegar because vinegar is going to kill all the beneficial bacteria. So look for salt and also Make sure that when you're buying these foods like sauerkraut, kimchi, pickles, that they're not pasteurized. If it says pasteurized after fermentation, that means that the pasteurization kills all of the bacteria. So you want the unpasteurized versions. There's also soy products like tempeh, miso, and natto. Fermented soy products are going to be much healthier than non-fermented soy. And so especially for those of you with gut symptoms, you'll be able to much better tolerate things like tempeh than you will on fermented soy, like soy milk or other soy products. And again, that's because the fermentation actually helps pre-digest some of the foods. It helps release some of the beneficial nutrients and the proteins, and your body can just use it in a much better way. So tempeh, miso, and natto. Natto, you don't see very commonly. I personally try to eat it and It's fermented beans, and it's really common in some Asian cultures to eat for breakfast, but it definitely requires some getting used to. I wish I could get used to eating it because it is so healthy. So it's definitely on my list to keep introducing, but I'm just not there yet. But tempeh is an easy one to use. You just want to make sure that you don't like over, over cook it because the cooking does kill some of the beneficial probiotics. The other benefits of fermentation are still there even after cooking. Another interesting one is sourdough. So I have many people coming to us thinking that they can't have gluten, but then they eat sourdough bread and they feel fine. So the reason for that is, and there was actually a really good study done on this as well regarding like the gluten versus fructans. And fructans are molecules that are found in wheat, like in sourdough. But when bread is fermented, the fructans are really reduced And so then you don't feel as many symptoms. So sourdough has gluten, but it does not have fructans. 
And so a lot of times I would take members that think they have a gluten sensitivity. And if we did like a litmus test with sourdough, and if they can tolerate sourdough, then they're probably not sensitive to gluten. And it's more the FODMAP, the fructans that they're sensitive to. So sourdough bread is a great option. If you are eating bread, I like to ask the bakery if they ferment it for at least 24 hours. And again, that also releases more of the healthy nutrients, makes it easier to digest. So sourdough is a great option. The best sourdough is rye sourdough. It just has the best effect on blood sugar. But if you don't like rye sourdough, then regular sourdough is also fine. And then we have kombucha. Maybe I'll talk about kombucha another time. Let's just say that kombucha, I like it as a treat, but I can't say that's like the number one fermented food that I would choose. Another note back to sauerkraut. So sauerkraut is one of the healthiest fermented foods. And if you don't like eating sauerkraut, then you can just take a tablespoon of the brine. The brine still has trillions of healthy probiotics. I kind of like using it as a palate cleanser. Or if I have cravings, sometimes just taking like a tablespoon of the sauerkraut brine is just like a nice palate cleanser that seems to cut cravings. I think it's partly because of the acidity that and like the tangy flavor that it kind of just takes over your taste buds. And, and I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but try it and see if it helps you. And if you don't mind eating the sauerkraut, it's really nice to garnish different meals with. I'm going to be adding more meals to the website that, so you guys can get some ideas, but I love using it in salads, specifically when I'm using rucola. I love adding like a tablespoon of sauerkraut, just mixing it all in. It adds like a nice tangy, crunchy addition. And there's actually many other ways you can add it. You can add it on avocado toast. It's much more versatile. When I talk to clients about it at first, they're like, where do we introduce this? And there's many ways. So hopefully we can add some more to the website for you guys to get an idea. So there's many fun fermented food combos that we can talk about at the end if we have time. But yeah, one that comes to mind is doing like a sourdough bread with some avocado and sauerkraut sprinkled on top. Super easy, super yummy. And then I mentioned about what to buy and how to choose. So I already said, make sure you avoid the pasteurized after fermentation. The other one you can look for is when it says live and active cultures. And that way you know that, that the probiotics are there. Okay. And final thing that's important to cover, because I do get this question a lot. You know, people ask, well, can I just take probiotics? And my response is usually I would rather you get a tub of sauerkraut, then go pick up a random probiotic at the pharmacy. And that's for a couple of reasons. One, most of the probiotics on the market are pretty useless. They are harmful in certain cases, but even if they're not harmful, they're not doing you any good. So why use them? And if you can just go to the market and get some fermented foods, you'll be better off. There are specific probiotics out there that are amazing and can help, but the majority are pretty useless. And other reasons that fermented foods can actually be better than probiotic supplements is that fermented foods have a much larger variety of bacterial strains. They also have other nutritional benefits like the vitamins and minerals, fiber, and the easier source of protein especially in like the tempeh and the yogurts and things like that. Also, it's the synergy of these components. So it's the probiotics plus all the other food components that make them easier for your body to absorb and just be more effective. So that's kind of the benefit of fermented foods over probiotic supplements. On the other hand, I'm not saying that there's no benefit. If you are getting a quality probiotic, there are some benefits because we can be a little bit more specific to your symptoms. So based on your symptoms of bloating or constipation or diarrhea, whatever it is, 
we can match you to a specific probiotic and that can be more effective than just using fermented foods. Probiotics also have a higher concentration of probiotics compared to fermented foods. And so there are some benefits, but with probiotic supplements, you just have to be a little bit more specific. It might also be easier for some of you to be consistent with probiotics. And with some, there is greater stability of the probiotic supplements. So there are some benefits, but you have to be really specific to your symptoms and specific to the type and strain and brand that you're choosing when it comes to the supplements. So I would say for those of you that are in your healing journey where fermented foods still really bother you, starting with a probiotic might be a good idea. Get some healing done and then you can add more fermented foods. For those of you who can tolerate fermented foods but still want a probiotic supplement, then you can do both and then you're getting the benefits of both. So I think that that is it. Hopefully I covered all the main things that come to mind when it comes to fermented foods. I think I gave you guys some nice ideas to start with and that is it. I hope that this is helpful. Let me know if you have any questions, if you have any specific topic requests and yeah, thank you for listening, for being here, for really taking the time to improve your health because it's not obvious and I think so many people skip out on this process, but it is so worth it. So thank yourself for taking the time to listen and make these changes. Even if you pick one little tidbit, and even if you add fermented food, even once a month, that's still better than nothing. So thanks for being here. And I will see you guys in two weeks, maybe a week, but most likely two weeks.